Hey, it's puzzle guru Art Chung here. Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. Take a listen to Microphone Check, the hip-hop podcast from NPR. It's hosted by Ali Shaheed Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest and Franny Kelly. And they talk to some of the biggest names and best-kept secrets in hip-hop. From behind-the-scenes players to the next generation of rappers, producers, and artists like Mac Miller and Master Ace. Learn what's happening in the culture now and how we got here. You can find Microphone Check at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. You know our VIP from her roles in The Office and Bridesmaids and the hilarious Netflix series Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, where she plays a woman who, after being rescued from a cult, moves to New York to start a normal life. And only after that kind of past would a New York apartment seem like a step up. (laughs) Our very important puzzler is comedian and actress Ellie Kemper. Our first game is called A Few Good Answers, and here to play it are Truck Lon Vu and Marjorie Berman. <laughs> Truck Lon, you work in an elementary school? I do. Where you are running the theater program and are the music director. Indeed. That's very artsy of you. Ah, I try. So Marjorie is also at a public school, but teaching special ed. So you guys are the perfect people to ask this question to you. Do you think it is ever okay to lie, Marjorie? I'm pretty big on honesty, so I don't yeah. think so. Chuck Long? I think sometimes it's okay. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> What's the biggest lie you've ever told, Chuck Long? Well, I think the most recent lie that yeah. I've been telling God, is, I like you uh, a lot. I, my fiance and I got, just got engaged like a month and a half ago, but... This is where your lie comes in? Amazing. (laughs) So before we got engaged, I was trying to do research and be proactive just to figure out how much venues cost and how much things cost for a wedding. Sure. So I would send out a lot of emails and be like, hi, my fiance and I are really interested in hearing about how much this costs. And they call back or email back and they're, hey, congratulations. But we actually weren't engaged yet. So (laughs) that was tempting fate. I like it. That's good. Marjorie, nothing like that? Pure honesty all the way? Never uh, told a lie? I have told lies all right. before. <laughs> I was like six, and... <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sure I've told more recent lies, but this just came to mind. Okay. I stole one bead... Oh, yeah. ...from a bead store with my mom, I like how you're justifying it. <laughs> one bead. I felt so bad that I told her as soon as we got home, and then... It was over. (laughs) What'd she do with the bead? She made me bring it back and apologize. (gasps) Beads of shame. (laughs) Well, in this game, we're going to pay tribute to the Aaron Sorkin film, A Few Good Men. In particular, the line, you can't handle the truth. So I'll give you a clue where the answer rhymes with truth. Uh, And you have to respond in your best Jack Nicholson impression. So for an example of that, let's go to our house musician, Jonathan Colton. So if I said, I would like to host a reunion of the fictional family, 
featured in the series Arrested Development, you would reply, you can't handle the Bluths. <laughs> Apologies in advance. <laughs> and the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. I need a detective like Sherlock Holmes to find my missing keys. Marjorie. You can't handle the sleuth. Yeah, that's a good impression. That was good. I felt like you were a very angry Nancy Drew. (laughs) I'm thirsty for a fortified wine that goes in a Manhattan. Treklon. You can't handle the vermouth. No, you can't, but that is right. (laughs) I wish we could bring back the extinct feline mammal with giant curved canine teeth. Marjorie. You can't handle the saber tooth? (laughs) Tiger? (laughs) I could feel Jack Nicholson all over that. (laughs) Perfect. I'm feeling tired. I need that wellspring of longevity that Ponce de Leon was looking for. Treklon. You can't handle the fountain of youth. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Gosh, I'm bored. Let's go to a Minnesota city on the shore of Lake Superior. Marjorie. You can't handle the Duluth? (laughs) That's correct, yes. That is clearly not their tourism slogan, right? (laughs) Unless they're into, like, reverse psychology. All right, this is your last question. Verily, I enjoy saying a Shakespearean word that's used ironically to mean indeed. Maybe I'll turn to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, see if he can answer, give them a little hint. Rhymes with truth. (laughs) It's about as much as I can go there. Yeah. Go for it, Marjorie. I feel like you've got you a word coming out of your truth. <laughs> I mean, you're right. That's a Shakespearean word. We were looking for, you can't handle forsooth. Yeah, which you guys couldn't. You couldn't handle it. All right, let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. How did our contestants do? The winner is Marjorie, and that's the truth. We'll see you again in our final round. For our next game, we have Robert Cheng and Emily Veal. (laughs) Emily, what state did you grow up in? Delaware. Delaware. Uh, If you could write the motto for Delaware based on your experience living there, (laughs) what would you write? Um, Yes, people do live here. (laughs) (laughs) It's like there's a little bit of 95 that goes through it, and that's, you know, pretty much it. Uh, did you like living there? Um, I think at the time I didn't, but now, in retrospect, sure. I, I kind of miss it. Yeah, you know. hindsight, you're like, that was yeah. an okay place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Rob? Where did you grow up? Uh, I'm from the great state of New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could write the motto for it based on your experience, <laughs> I already know it's optimistic. Uh, I would say, Christy, we don't like him either. <laughs> <laughs> So this game is called State Quarters, because we are going to list a few things found on the back of a state's quarter, and you have to identify the state. (laughs) 
based on a description of the quarter alone. Puzzle Guru John Chinesky, can you give us an example? Sure. Nine stars, an erstwhile rock formation known as the Old Men of the Mountain, and the motto, live free or die, all appear on the quarter of New Hampshire, the ninth state to join the Union. The old man of the mountain is no more, you know, it, it fell no down. More. That's right, it's erstwhile. That's what erstwhile. That's erstwhile. Yeah, mm. It's gone. Crumbled into dust. <laughs> like all the rest of us will eventually. <laughs> Live free or die. Right. <laughs> Live free or crumble. <laughs> or crumble to dust. And even if you don't know the answer, here is a tip. You should just guess a state because your odds are roughly 1 in 50. <laughs> and technically, we're probably not going to use New Hampshire again, so it's more like 1 in 49. <laughs> So it really does benefit you to just guess randomly, especially if you don't know anything about math. <laughs> Are you ready? Or quarters. I or, guess you got to know a lot about quarters. Or states. <laughs> Here we go. Live Oak Sprigs, the motto, wisdom, justice, and moderation, and a big juicy peach. Rob. Georgia. Georgia's correct. I don't know how your mind worked, but my mind went, what, what? Oh, a peach. <laughs> I, I lived in Georgia for about a month, so. Yeah? How was it? I'm in the Army, so it was for training, so it wasn't great. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the Army know. <laughs> the North Star, the motto, the Great Land, and a grizzly bear eating a salmon. Rob. Alaska? Alaska, you got it. A 16th century Spanish galleon, a space shuttle, and, in order to brag about its warm weather, two palm trees on a sandy beach. Emily. Florida. Florida, you got it. First version was a meth lab, an alligator, and a retired couple. <laughs> a creepy guy with a rusty knife. A pelican, a trumpet with musical notes, and a map of territory purchased from Napoleon. Emily. Louisiana. Louisiana, that's right. <laughs> you think they had to put the musical notes on there? If you have a picture of a trumpet, I feel like. <laughs> what does it do? <laughs> I don't get it. What is that horn? Two guys fishing on a lake, a loon, and the state's motto, land of 10,000 lakes. Rob. Minnesota. You got it. Lewis and Clark rowing down the Mississippi River with the Gateway Arch in the background, probably not historically accurate. <laughs> Rob. Missouri. You are correct. Lewis and Clark weren't around in, what, 63 or whatever? Yeah, that wasn't their year? Yeah, 1963 that they explored. So they just... They just... <laughs> here anyway. <laughs> if you look closely, they're eating uh, Big Macs or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Two locomotives meeting at a golden spike with the words, Crossroads of the West. God, this place really has nothing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Emily. Uh, Colorado. Uh, no, that's a, a, a relatively good guess. Rob, do you know what the answer is? Nebraska? No, I'm sorry. Who knows the answer? Utah is what we were looking for. It's where the Union Pacific and the Central Pacific 
actually met Utah. It's where they first met. Yeah. Now, <laughs> they're married. They met cute. <laughs> they met cute, yes. <laughs> this is your last clue. A cow, an ear of corn, and a hunk of cheese. Rob. Wisconsin. Where else Wisconsin is yeah. right? John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Nice job, Rob. We'll see you in the final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we're going to attempt to break our unbreakable, very important puzzler, Ellie Kemper, in her very own Ask Me Another Challenge. So don't leave your bunker just yet. Stick around. This is Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another on NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from NatureBox, delivering smart and delicious snacks right to you. Here's Gotham, the CEO and co-founder of NatureBox, talking about how they empower the consumer and fight for what they want. The question always gets asked, do we really need 120 snacks? And we've fought to keep that number of options available to the consumer because we really believe that the consumer wants variety and wants choice. Choose from delicious options like sriracha roasted cashews and Big Island pineapple. Visit naturebox.com ask to get 50% off your first box now. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our very important puzzler, Ellie Kemper. So excited to have you, and I know that you are joining us on your wedding anniversary. What a wonderful wife. Uh, What wedding anniversary is it? It's our third. Nice. I, what, what gift is that? I don't know. It, the mm, first is... Game shows. Game shows. <laughs> Someone knew it, though. Someone yelled it out. What is it? Leather. leather. Is it actually leather? <laughs> that is... Who is the sicko? I know. <laughs> okay. Ellie, the characters you play are usually so optimistic. Aaron on The Office, Becca in Bridesmaids, Kimmy in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I mean, these are, they're very funny, but they're naive and optimistic. And there's an innocence. Is that who you are? Um, I don't know if the people who have written those characters and who have directed those characters see that in me. I, I guess so. I would like to think that I am cheerful and have an optimistic outlook, but I don't think it's as relentless as some of these women. Yeah, but I I hope that there's some uh, grain of similarity there. Would you kill to play a dark, evil villain? I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah? And, And not ironically, like actually go there. There was this video that Mindy Kaling and I made on The Office with our band Subtle Sexuality. And uh, maybe you've heard of it. (laughs) And it was called The Girl Next Door. And I played this very popular uh, girl who had it all. And Mindy was like, was the girl next door who, you know, never got anything. And even that little glimpse of playing just a B-I, can I say B-I-T-C-H? Sure. Okay. Yeah. It was fun. It was just like, it felt good and cathartic. So maybe we'll make it into a movie. I don't know. (laughs) 
but you also are a writer. I oh, you used to. I mean, you've published McSweeney's, but also The Onion. Yes, yes. So how did you get the job on The Onion? Yay. Okay. This is how I got the job on The Onion. And so I was a contributing writer to The Onion. And what I did was I looked up Joe Garden. He was an editor at The Onion. He was listed first alphabetically. And I just kept sending him headlines. And he kept not responding. I think after a month, he responded and said, you know, you can keep sending me them. They're not there yet, but you can keep trying. So it was that there. That was sort of a, a relentlessness. Yeah. Yeah. I was not relenting. And, uh, and I just kept badgering him until he said, okay, I will bring these headlines to the Monday meeting. And that's how it happened. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the first one that you uh, got in the paper? I do. Okay. It came to me, I was at a Las Vegas bachelorette party for my friend, and I was eating fruit salad <laughs> for breakfast. And guys, when inspiration strikes, it strikes. <laughs> and it was a grapes big hit at area picnic. <laughs> they were, they were a hit. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I was eating a grape at the time. <laughs> So I love this idea that Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, her writing partner, mm -hmm. pitched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as Elf meets Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw in the notes it was, um, you know, the innocence and joy of Elf uh, mixed with sort of a wily young John McCain, where it was <laughs> this, with this resilience and resolve and you've been through something admittedly horrendous and yet you've come out and you still have this wide-eyed wonderment about the world and everything you know that surrounds you so yes I, I do think it was pitched something like that and you do think well how do you make a comedy out of that but they did they did yeah how did they pitch it to you the, um not with that uh, uh <laughs> those exact descriptors but it was Okay, because I think I'm a little bit paranoid. When they pitched the idea as a woman who has emerged from an underground cult after 15 years, uh, goes to start life over in New York City. And I left that dinner and I did think they were pranking me. Like, that was a test of my <laughs> intelligence. And if I thought that they were serious, surely I was not smart enough to work with them. But I was wrong because that was the premise. Uh, and you hosted the Today Show. So what have you learned from this uh, live television experience? What have I learned? I do think when in doubt, don't say anything. Maybe that's wrong if you're hosting a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there are three other people there, so I, and they've been there longer, so I, I feel like they, I, they're all very, they're such pros, obviously. They're very calm. I think, what, what have I learned? Um, Oh, bright colors. Wear bright colors. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they That's pop. perfect. Yeah. Do you see yourself hosting more talk shows in the future? Like, uh, maybe being this woman that we're looking for to be our late night talk show oh, host? Oh, I don't know about late night talk shows. Okay. But I would, I would like to um, host a talk show, but I, this sounds strange to specify the time of day. Yeah. <laughs> a one o'clock p.m. No, but I, I do something maybe during daylight hours. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah, I with, would be interested in that. Really? Yeah. Okay, with celebrities and everything yeah, come I on? I would love that, yep. I think I would like that oh, you to do that. Well, if you ha hear of any jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we thought, you know, given your stint on the Today Show, we'd play clips from other well-known talk show hosts okay. for your quiz. Okay. And all you have to do is identify from the clip who the talk show host is. Okay. All right, so here's the stakes. If you get enough correct, Sharon... Knieper of Birch Run, Michigan, is going to win an Ask Me Another prize. Oh, great. She's excited. Sharon, this one's for you. <laughs> okay. 
I apologize in advance. <laughs> so when you're hosting a talk show, as you know, you have to make sure you sound like the everyday person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be using big $2 words. Yeah. You get, have you been told that? Uh, I haven't been told that, but there's no danger of that happening. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's see if you can identify the host from a montage of his favorite sayings. I don't care how flat you make a pancake, it's got two sides. Yes. She's on me like a duck on a dune bug. I think I'd be madder than a, a wet hen myself. <laughs> Did somebody slip up and write stupid on my forehead? Oh gosh, this is very obvious, isn't it? Everyone knows. <laughs> um, uh, well, who, who do you have on your mind? On my mind, the first person who came to my mind is Bill O'Reilly. Oh yeah. This but person, he doesn't talk like that. This person is a doctor. <laughs> It's Dr. Phil. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. That's okay. No I problem. It's, All right. It's hard to know he's a doctor when his everyday folk talks like a farmer from the 30s. <laughs> Thank you, if you're right. Thank you. I'd be madder than a wet hand myself. What, uh, <laughs> one quote I actually pulled of his, I don't understand it, is, no dogs ever peed on a moving car. What does that mean? I think you just got to keep going. Yeah, move right? forward, Is that what right? it is? Move forward and you won't catch any no. urine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, filing it away. Life lesson. Life lesson. Okay. Now there's a lot of time to fill on talk shows. Sometimes you just have to talk about silly things. Yeah, yes. Uh, like this host going on and on about emojis on her phone. But it's not just faces anymore. There's another page of just animals right here. There's a snake, and there's chickens, and ladybugs, and, and uh, tropical fish down here. And uh, what does that mean? Why would you need a, see you in 20 minutes, tropical fish? This is the lovely Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Yes. You guest hosted for Ellen. I did. And that was wonderful, because I got called like four hours before the show was going to happen, so there was no time to think about it. Oh. Yeah, it was great. Um, what is it? What's the old saying? A moving car, a dog can't get it. <laughs> just got to keep going. <laughs> so that was wonderful, because the dog could not pee on me. I just had to get out there and go. And that was, like, one of the best days. And also, oh. the audience was very forgiving, because they knew this was not planned. It was just sort of happening before their very eyes. Right, so they were like, oh, we're in for a real, like, spontaneous ride. Yeah, or so, and they got 10 days of giveaways, or 12 days of They got a lot of free gifts. Oh, yeah, So they, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. very happy, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, HDTV is nobody's best friend. It reveals everyone's warts and blemishes. Yep. A good talk show host has ways to fix that. I know every one of you has a special anti-aging routine, your go-to products and rituals to fight wrinkles. And every routine involves a cream. But how do you know which ones are good, better, and the best? Well, today, I'll let you know. I've got the most effective potions to make you look younger. I know this one. Yeah. It came to, it came to me just like the grapes. <laughs> Is that Dr. Oz? Yes, it yes. is. Hey. I, I don't know. I was about to go with Bill O'Reilly. For the first minute, I was like, Bill O'Reilly. I was like, why would he be talking about that? Okay. Well, it's like, again, you're like, does a doctor use the word potions? Yeah, exactly. So it's like yeah. a little odd. <laughs> would I go to a cardiologist for face cream? Well, I suppose I would. These are good doctors. They're good doctors. They're I'm awesome. glad we're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Most importantly, you have to open yourself up. There is no such thing as oversharing, as you will hear from this popular co-host. Oh okay. my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable right now. I wish you could see my armpits. <laughs> mm. Wait, was it 
Kelly Ripa? Yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. Have you had any uh, armpit problems while as a host? I was just trying on a dress this morning, and you know that part, you don't have them. But that part of a woman that always comes out when the strap just goes here—it's like a big joke on us, <laughs> where it's like your bra shoves your uh, bosom up, and then it meets your arm, and there's a flap, and it's just right. always there. For your wings. Your wings. Yeah, sure. Fly away. Angels. We're yeah, all angels. angels. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Morning talk show angels. Yeah, so that's the armpit problem. So you I've put had. on the dress and you're like, nope. Yeah, and then you just think, oh, that's all anyone's going to see. And no one, well, in HD, maybe they will. That is all we'll see. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. She, Kelly Ripa doesn't have to worry about her armpits. Let's just I know. put it out there. I know. She they, does she have armpits? I think she got them removed. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure she got those taken out. <laughs> pretty sure you got 100%. I guess I did. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I really wanted to draw that out. You and Sharon Knieper are going to get Ask Me Another Anagram t-shirts. So Yay. thank you very much. Thank you. Big hand for thank Ellie Kemper, oh, everybody. about a little Jonathan Colton. How about yeah. it? Still so dark because it's still so early and the chipper little girly at the front desk doesn't mind at all. There's phony living rooms and fake plants are killing me. This bad coffee's filling me with equal parts joy and rage. Put my makeup on and crack in half. I choke back a laugh. Find the camera with the red light. Tucson, the lights come on, so I smile wide and say, Good morning, Tucson. Throw to you before I throw the rest away. When I was coming up, I got the donuts, which means I got the donuts that I wanted. There was no young punk to steal my jelly glazed, and I am still sort of amazed that you can be born in the 90s. When I don't like what they talk about Take the earpiece out They just cue me through the window Good morning, Tucson the Lights come on, so I smile wide and say Good morning, Tucson Throw to you before I throw the rest away Say hello to our next contestants, Tom Williamson and Megan Williamson. This is our first father-daughter competition that we've had on the show. Do you do uh, other hobbies and outings together? Yeah, we do. Um, it took us about seven years, but we watched every movie in the AFI Top 100 film list. Oh, the American Film Institute Top 100. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, which one do you think deserves a prequel if you could make one, Megan? I would love to see a prequel of Casablanca. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, how about you? That's a tough one. Um, I almost feel obligated to say Citizen Kane, but um, if you made a prequel to Citizen Kane, you wouldn't need Citizen Kane, right? Sure. Because <laughs> it would explain... It would explain the whole Rosebud thing and... 
Well, we're going to explore this idea a little further as this game is called Prequel Opportunity. Jonathan Colton, can you please explain? Sure, sure I can. It's official. Hollywood has run out of ideas. I don't know if you heard about this in the news. They made every sequel they could think of, and now it's all about the prequels. It's all they have left. So in this next round, we've dreamed up some imaginary prequels to some classic movies. Puzzle guru John Chinesky, how about an example? If I said the movie Shermer High School shows us John Bender's tumultuous freshman year long before the detention days he served in this 1985 film, the answer would be The Breakfast Club. Makes sense, right? So we are looking for the film that inspired these made-up prequels, and the winner will move on to our final round. Ready? Sure. Sure. Here we go. In Walmart Aisle 5, the prequel to this 1995 Pixar feature, Woody and Friends Kill Time in a Megastore, waiting for some kid to take them home. <laughs> Megan! Toy Story. Toy Story is correct, yes. Hold on to your seats, Tampa. Exquisite strip club shows exotic male dancers in training, bedazzling their first banana hammocks, and getting hilariously entangled in their tear-off pants. I'm afraid, Tom. Can I? A very quick, can I very just quick say, ring, Tom. Yeah, I know. Can I just say I never saw the movie? Yeah, no, that's fine. And I'm thinking it's Magic Mike. It um, is Magic Mike. Really, I swear. It was a good movie. I saw it. I liked it. Oh, okay. In Bus 2525, the prequel, over the course of several months, Annie uneventfully takes a Los Angeles bus <laughs> to and from work. Movie with a bus. Tom. Speed. Speed is correct. <laughs> Bushwood Country Club is the story of one gopher's journey <laughs> to the haven of an upscale golf club and the Cinderella story of the wacky groundsman hired to kill him. Megan. Caddyshack. Yes. In Chuck from Memphis, we watch systems engineer Chuck Nolan fly around the country to make sure FedEx packages arrive on time. <laughs> It is not very interesting. <laughs> Megan. Castaway. That's correct. <laughs> Does he talk to like a golf ball in that one or something that <laughs> yes. he carries around? <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of his thing. He's got a friend who's a ball in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just gets bigger the more desperate yeah, he gets. Right. Oh. Kellerman's Mountain House brings us to a grandiose Catskills Resort Lodge in the summer of 1962, where the kids play tetherball, weave baskets, and rehearse for the end-of-season talent show. No sexy rumbas for you. <laughs> Megan. Dirty Dancing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> if you win the talent show, you get a borscht belt. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Puzzle guru John Janeski, how did our family fare in this? Megan, you get a starring role in the sequel we call the Ask Me One More Final Round. Congratulations! Coming up, Jonathan Colton finds a new way to bring us comfort in a music game called Crash Test Yummies. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. 
Quick shout out to one of our sponsors, Casper. They're an online retailer for mattresses. Casper mattresses are American made and obsessively engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and returns. It's outrageous comfort at a polite price. So go to casper.com another to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code ANOTHER to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Sonos, the smart system of wireless speakers. Sonos lets you listen to any song in any room of your house, or the same one in every room. Classics in the kitchen, R&B in the bedroom, Ask Me Another in the living room, and rock and roll in the whole house. Learn more at sonos.com NPR. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our house musician, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. And here are our next two contestants, Shelby Jaccarini and Jason Woodruff. Jason, what is your absolute go-to comfort food? Chicken and noodles. Like chicken noodle soup? No, 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 chicken and noodles. It's, it's a Midwestern thing. Okay, yeah, I know. You keep explaining it to me perfectly and I keep questioning you. I just can't get it in my head. How do you mean chicken and noodles? <laughs> what? Together. What? With nothing else. You mean chicken, you mean chicken, right? It's more like a stew. Shelby, how about you? I too like noodles, but with cucumbers and separately. It's not, it's not a stew, they're not together. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> I was a very picky child. Okay, wait a second. Only eight. So, so there's just cucumbers on half the plate. Sure. I mean, there can be separate plates. I don't want them to touch. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is the weirdest comfort food I've ever <laughs> I heard know. of. Cucumbers. <laughs> separate from noodles. <laughs> Makes me feel all cozy. Yeah. So this game is called Crash Test Yummies. In 1993, the Crash Test Dummies had their biggest hit, entitled Mmm. <laughs> One of the most baffling things about it was that given the title, it was not actually about food. Seems strange. Anyway, that's about to change because we have rewritten the lyrics to that song to be about comfort foods, like cucumbers. <laughs> And you have to tell me what those comfort foods are. And here is a hint. Some of the answers are considered comfort foods internationally. They are not all comfortable for Americans. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Once there was this kid who came home after school and asked his mom to make a snack. So she... Unwrap craft slices, put them atop some bread that was bright white. Some butter in the pan, then she pressed it down so flat. <laughs> Shelby. Grilled cheese. Grilled cheese is correct. 
Once I saw this food truck Selling cubes of meat that had been threaded on some skewers It was mostly pork cubes But lamb and chicken also may be used To serve them in a pita with yummy Greek sauce Suvlaki. Suvlaki, that's right. Street meat. Street meat, street otherwise meat. known as street meat here in New York. <laughs> Do we eat street meat, Jason? Late at night, drunk, sure. Yeah. 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 Best time. Yep. It's, the, it's, the, it's the only time when street meat is the least of your worries. <laughs> this is the chorus of the song, which now has words. Poultry pieces, oil batter Colonel Sanders makes us fatter Shelby Kentucky Fried Chicken Fried Chicken is the answer (laughs) Beet soup from Ukraine Sour cream Makes it less plain. Jason. Borscht. Borscht, indeed. In some places, beets bring people comfort. Yeah? It's hard to believe. It's the cucumber of Russia. (laughs) I cooked Sunday dinner, shaped some ground beef into spheres, and cooked them in some red sauce. Then... I boiled water, tossed in some strands of long skinny pasta, plated it together, sprinkled on parsley. Jason, spaghetti and meatballs. You got it. Once. I had a craving, wanted something creamy with the luscious taste of cocoa, but I was too lazy to whisk hot milk and eggs in a custard. So I just used a packet, the payoff was instant. Shelby. Chocolate pudding. Chocolate pudding, that's right. All right, this is your last clue. Steamed white grains in walks with chopped meat. Eggs and veggies, Asian food treat. Shelby. Stir fried rice. Fried rice, yes, absolutely. John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? It was close, but Shelby wins all the noodles and gets to move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round. This next game is called Word War One, and here to play it are Teres Gallen and Chrissy Shackelford. (laughs) 
Terrace, you do many things, but I love the fact that you paid your way through grad school by singing in cover bands. I did, I did, about 10 years singing cover bands. Okay, so what is the cover that was requested that you were like, ugh, this is the one I hate? Walking on Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> never again. Happy to never have to sing that again. Incredibly happy to never sing that again. Okay, Thank what was you. your favorite? Um, weirdly enough, probably Journey, Don't Stop Believing, because all the drunk people at the end of the night loved it, so. <laughs> now, Chrissy, I know you don't sing in cover bands, but you do like a little karaoke. Oh, yeah, 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 I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite song of late to sing? Of late, I've been singing All Coming Back to Me Now by Celine Dion. Not a great choice because it repeats the same refrain for like two minutes at the end of the song. So then you have to dance or something? Well, then you just add different emotions to each line. <laughs> so it becomes more like a kind of an amateur theater piece, doesn't it? So in this game, it's a word game, and this game pits vowels and consonants against each other in a back-and-forth battle for the ultimate control over a word. So each answer is a word or phrase that consists of alternating vowels and consonants. I don't believe this exists, John Chinesky. Oh, oh, they do. For example, if I said the letter A is the sole representative for the vowels in this southern state that shares its name with a popular country rock band, you would answer Alabama. And the winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Here we go. The dueling letters dance with each other in the title of this Barry Manilow hit about Lola, a showgirl who works at the hottest spot north of Havana. Chrissy. Copacabana. You got it. Have you ever sang that song? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. It's a good, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, are you, are you throwing shade at Barry Manilow right now? I'm not a fan of Lowe. I don't know. Uh, you'll never... Well, maybe you don't understand a Lowe how great he is. It's all right. I just fired myself. That's okay. <laughs> Many U.S. space missions launch from this place in Florida, home to the Kennedy Space Center. Terez. Cape Canaveral. That is correct. This blind superhero of the Marvel Universe is still adventurous thanks to his other senses, which have been enhanced to superhuman levels. Chrissy. Daredevil. That's right. Outside of North America, there's an extra I in the name of this metallic chemical element, but in the U.S. it's spelled with precisely the same number of alternating vowels and consonants. Just like its chemical symbol, A-L. Aluminum? That's right, Terez. Aluminum, yes. Just as her name juggles its vowels and consonants, so too does this entertainer juggle her acting and singing careers, from starring in Disney's Wizards of Waverly Place to her top ten hit song, Come and Get It. Terez. Selena Gomez? That is correct. This is your last clue. Vowels and consonants are joined together, as are the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, via this man-made Central American channel of water. Terrace. Hmm. Did you have it and you lost it, or you yes, never? Yes, I never had, had it, it and I lost it. <laughs> 
stomping her feet. It's the worst. I'm, I feel for you. I know. I know what it's like. Okay, I'll give you a clue. There's a famous palindrome that says, a man, a plan. Panama Canal. That is correct. Yeah, you got it. Okay. John Chinesky, how did our contestants do in this game? Well, the victor of World War I was Therese. Congratulations. <laughs> Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back Marjorie, Robert, Megan, Shelby, and Terez to play her Ask Me One More final round. And let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, for this round. This game is called And So It Goes. We're looking for words or names that contain the common conjunction and. In other words, the letters A-N-D in that order together. For example, if I say this black and white bear from China loves its bamboo, the answer would be panda. Got it? Good. We're playing the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us that answer. Last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. And for your prize, Ellie Kemper has recorded some vague sentiments of despair for you that we have placed inside a teddy bear so every time you squeeze it, you'll think of Ellie and ask me another. Are you ready? Marjorie, these little scalp flakes show up on your dark clothes. Dandruff. That's right. Rob, pretty much anything edible put between two slices of bread is called this. Sandwich. Sandwich is right. Megan. A large decorative lamp that hangs from the ceiling and holds lots of light bulbs or candles. Chandelier? Chandelier, yes. Shelby, this anti-apartheid revolutionary was imprisoned in South Africa for 27 years, but became its president after he was freed. Nelson Mandela. That's correct. <laughs> Therese, the character on the keyboard that represents the word and. Ampersand. Ampersand's right. Back to Marjorie. She's the author of The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. Ayn Rand? Ayn Rand, yes. <laughs> Rob, a male goose or a look at something? Gander. Yes, Gander is right. <laughs> Megan, he played Inigo Montoya, You Killed His Father, Prepare to Die. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> Three seconds. Oh, no. Step aside one second, Megan. Let's see if Shelby knows it. Do you? Mandy Patinkin? Mandy Patinkin is right. We have to say goodbye to Megan. Thank you, Megan. Therese, this dialect of Chinese is the official language of the People's Republic of China. Mandarin. Mandarin is right. Marjorie, this IFC sketch comedy show stars Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein. Portlandia. Portlandia is right. Rob. In The Empire Strikes Back, he was a smooth-talking smuggler who became Baron Administrator of Cloud City. Lando Calrissian. That's right. LED says yes. Shelby, a soldier trained to carry out surprise attacks or when you go without underwear. Commando. Commando is right. Therese. This rich sauce made of butter, egg yolks, and lemon juice is a key ingredient in Eggs Benedict. 
Hollandaise. Hollandaise is right. Marjorie, the capacity an electronic communication system has for data transfer or the available manpower for a task. Three seconds. <whistles> Rob, do you know this? Amperage? Not amperage. No. Shelby? Three seconds. Handle? No. Terez? Bandwidth? Bandwidth is right. You are asking another grand winner. They're hugging and kissing. Congratulations, Terrace. <laughs> you are a big winner. You get this bear. We're just gonna let everyone get a taste of the message that Ellie Kemper recorded for this bear that will be yours, that you can listen to whenever you need a sort of pick-me-up. I love you as much as your parents feel you've let them down. <laughs> A lovely sentiment, that is. That's really beautiful. That is our show. Thank you so much for playing. Check out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another. Come see us live. Just go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Matt Foster, Aaron Title, Danielle Thompson, Mary Tobler, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another's produced by Danny Shin, Lena Mazitsis, Mike Katzif, Annabelle Bacon, and Mackenzie Austin, along with Anya Grunman. Our executive producer is Jesse Baker. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Dan Chirac. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey everyone, it's Puzzle Guru Archung again. Just a reminder for you to check out Microphone Check, the hip-hop podcast from NPR. Ali Shaheed Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest and Franny Kelly talked to some of the biggest names in hip-hop, from Earl Sweatshirt to Solange Knowles. If you're interested in hip-hop, take a listen. You can find Microphone Check at npr.org slash podcast and on the NPR One app. Next time on NPR's Ask Me Another, we take a holiday hymn out of the church and bring it into the club. I bring these to all the raves. You can see me in the dark. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's most festive hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Happy holidays! <laughs>